0: Thank you. Uh, Wednesday, the twentieth of June, I hope. And we really got God's agenda this morning, because I said to Him, "Lord, I want Your agenda for this morning." Now, I went into them to look at Romans, because I just was wanting to have a bite out of Romans. But I kept thinking these notes of Joyce Mayer's were stuck under my nose here, and it's on the fruit of the spirit and the particular fruit of the spirit that he was jumping out because it happened to be turned to this one is the fruit of self-control everybody draws breath she always says that uh, the fruit of the spirit which starts off with love and ends up with self-control love and self-control are like bookends um and i would venture to suggest that if we don't have self-control we won't have any of the other fruit either because the control of ourselves is number one major problem it is for me anyway Uh, so that's what we're going to be looking at and for myself I mean I'm always um, having to live these things before I teach on anything as I said this morning God's speaking to me about fasting one day a week and now he's telling me why I put on weight and that's because i've been having puddings so they've got to stop so that's okay that's fine i just wanted to know what to do um and i've been being tested in um not being tested no that's not right i the fruit of the spirit that god is growing in me this at the moment is gentleness so i want everything all my tests will be around gentleness So when I'm tempted to be harsh or sharp, uh, the fruit he wants to grow is the opposite. Um, It's gentleness. Uh, And there's there's a number of things that get up my nose, as as everybody would probably have things that get up theirs. Um, And one of them is the young lad next door with his high-powered zoom zoom broom broom motor. That it will start and it will be thumping away there. Well, I think it was quarter to ten the other evening, and we had, it was Monday night. We we had a couple of girls here, but we were just fellowshipping. There was Deborah from Hackney, and Sarah, and someone else. Pat no. That's it. Pat was telling us about uh, Yvonne Kitchen. Deborah was telling us about America, and Sarah was telling us about Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was all very good and we we were just having a fellowship evening also sudden quarter to ten starts off out there everything in me normally i'd be like one of those ducks neck stretching thinking how long is that going to go on and i thought i'm not going there i'm not going to let it bother me it was a decision so what i'm coming to here is it's all about our will I mean, the best place to grow the fruit of the spirit is in your own home. Because you will find that is where everything, it comes hard up against it. I mean, Joyce will say it, she knows going to say this, that I get on her pip and she gets on mine. We don't often talk about it, but sometimes we do. And I expect she goes off and says to the Lord, it drives me potty when she lets the ducks in. You know, and I go off and say, that really got me going and i thought the other day i'm not doing it i'm not going there anymore and i found myself just saying i'm not going there i'm not going to let it bother me whatever it was i would have moaned to the lord about on the quiet i just stopped not doing it the fruit in here is incredible because that enabled me when that broom broom started to make the decision and follow it through because in the basics of life the nitty gritty in your face stuff I'm beginning to get some control over this old nature of mine that wants to rise up every five minutes and have its say and you know punch someone on the nose occasionally not very often Um, but it's whose life is it that we're going to live his or mine because at the end of the day the nature of God is the fruit of the spirit that florin dropped on me the other day i saw i saw it somewhere i read it or i heard it probably graham the nature of god is the fruit of the spirit so when you're looking at love joy peace gentleness meekness self-control whatever you're looking at you're looking at how god is You're looking at his attributes so and what's his goal form christ in you you cannot grow fruit let me tell you that now by all your efforts you cannot grow it I've heard someone recently say I've tried and tried and I've said well that's your problem you are trying to grow something we abide in the vine and the fruit comes out of that because the sap comes up from the vine it doesn't come from the branches and the fruit comes from the sap in the vine and that's where the fruit hangs on the end And our will needs to be placed in his hands daily. When we say, don't we, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we say glibly. On earth, as it is in heaven, we're saying, your will, not mine. And it occurred to me this morning that when he said, um, this is something else again. When he said, um, in this manner pray ye, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the disciples' prayer. Um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Anglican came into my mind. You know, we do it as a group, and we parrot it away. Us, never become singular. He was saying to them, you pray like this, forgive me what I've done. But when we are brought up in an Anglican system or something like that, we lump it together, never take accountability for our own sin, wouldn't know what it looked like. I know Joe blogs over there what he does. I can see quite clearly when he's in sin. But sins of attitude, do we think about that? I was going to say what you got under the blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about those that you listening on the CD. I have to tell you what happened, otherwise you'd be wondering till the end of the CD. Gina lifted up her blanket and put her hand inside and out came a pair of glasses. <laughs> I wonder what she was going to come up with fishing around in the blanket <laughs> right so really what we're talking about is our will must be placed into his hands all the time so that his life can come through you it's ever so simple really until we start to uh, try to let go of it because we'll be amazed at the way the flesh rises up um, and wants gratification so when I talk about the flesh, I'm talking about the old sin nature. That is what I'm talking about. I'm talking, to- and it you've variously referred to as the old sin nature, the old Adam, the carnal nature, and it is an enmity, which means war with God. It will not receive the things of God. That's why when truth comes first, it's always negative our old sin nature does not like it and it will rise up against it that's what will happen straight away there'll be an argument as i say i'm fasting because god has told me to do that just one day a week no problem in fact i've been saying to him you know isn't it time i fasted you know because I used to do it regularly uh, and when he doesn't ask i don't do it that's another thing we need to understand about things, disciplines like fasting. Uh, I hear so often people fast one day a week. He's not called them to do it. And it's absolutely purposeless. Um, because there's no, that's self righteousness. Will I fast? What did the Pharisees say? Fast three times a week, tithe of mint and rue, you know, give them the bits that are left over. Uh, it's just not it's, it's not relational. It's just doing it by rote, it makes you feel good and probably some of the reason for it, which mine used to be, was that I might lose a bit of weight. I usually put it on. I'm probably the only person, apart from somebody else who told me they've been fasting and put on weight, uh, that um, puts on weight when I fast. Because that's not the purpose of it, see. So God's going gonna to make sure that I don't lose weight. Because if I lose weight, I'm going to think, oh, that's good, I'll have a couple of fun the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and that is not an accusation it's so that we might know that in us as paul says dwells no good thing and once we come to to realize that in us dwells no good thing then we can yield ourselves completely to the holy spirit and allow him to start remaking us he's got this lump of clay you see i always remember david um, my pastor around at paddock wood um, I had a picture and it was a pot and I drew it for him because it was most unusual it had two lips like that, one there and one there uh, and I said to him well, I've had this picture you know, all brightly and, and I know what that is he said I'm too lippy <laughs> <laughs> straight away he knew what it was I had one the, the recently that another pot and this pot was bulging out like this really bulging that was hole in the bottom complete hole so everything that was poured in was coming out but it gave the impression of being full of something I had to give a rather straight word to the person concerned when they started trying to interpret this picture i would got uh, and I said, "No, actually, you're giving the impression of being full of something, but you're not because he's just dropping straight through. you've got nothing to give. You need to get your bottom stopped up and not start holding something <laughs> and just not giving the impression that you're pregnant with something, you know. Oh dear, the Lord, don't get us, let's get away with anything I'm glad to say. So we have to be the ones uh, that don't gratify the flesh in speech. Indeed, in or in action or in thought because there's things like attitude sins that go on in our minds and we think that it's okay to have that or don't even realize we've got them you know Bob Mumford he, I was looking at something of his recently and he, he talked about apparently he talked about years ago about scandal on that is gossip and talking down about people and on one thing or another but then the lord took him to task about attitude sins what was going on in his mind what he's thinking about how he's working things out you know like graham god said to him i hate your petty little thoughts of vengeance (laughs) we forget that he knows everything that's going on but it's brilliant because there's one person in the world that knows everything about us doesn't condemn us but wants to put us straight and shape us up so he's got this dob of clay you know which is us which is about to reshape and reform so the foundation scriptures we want to look at here is, is galatians 5 22 and 23 and as i say i'm not teaching out of anything that i don't go through myself because it would be wrong it would just be book learning otherwise there was someone that uh, met recently and the Lord took them to task and said I want you to stop speaking out of things that you've only learnt from books. I thought that will narrow down the amount of things you can talk about. Bad thought. <laughs> so we're all familiar with it aren't we roll it off the tongue Galatians 5 22 and 23. Now let's just go back to uh, Galatians 19. Because you need to know, or even 16, the difference between the two. So this is the conflict between the spirit and the flesh. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Why? Because the spirit is in control, not your flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Anybody who doesn't have an inner conflict, please see me after and I'll find out how you do it. (laughs) I would like that and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now we come to the works of the flesh and if it's not in here it's the and so forth now the works of the flesh are evident and these are the the, um, sexual sins adultery fornication sexual immorality uncleanness licentiousness Then we come into more um, attitude sins, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, and envy. And they lead to murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So if he hasn't mentioned it, it's in the and the like. So you needn't think that the one that he hasn't mentioned is okay, (laughs) if you've got it. Of which I tell you beforehand just as I told you in time past and this is we will come to this maybe when we do the summer school those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does it mean to inherit the kingdom of God? I'll just go off sideways here for a minute it means that the reign and rule of Christ in your life will be imperfect it means that you're not totally abandoned and therefore these things have an opportunity to reign and rule instead of the reign and rule of Jesus because the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is both inner and its coming because the literal coming of Jesus will bring the literal kingdom. But as citizens of the kingdom, we live by kingdom rules. That's what, what we were discussing this morning, Sue. So, um, your husband, different opinion. He's under the rules of this of the the of The old man, not the rules of the kingdom. So it's the kingdom principles that we need to live by. And if if you pray about it, you'll find out which way God wants you to go. And it might well be at variance. Because if you've got husbands and they are at variance in something with uh, what God wants you to do, God's authority is the highest. So it's very lovingly, sweetheart, I can't do that. I've got to do this. Like the lady who you were speaking of that pastor and husband want to put her on medication and she says God said no. Maybe that's a test command. As we, uh, We'll have a look at those as well during the summer school. A test command is given so that you might see which way you're going to jump. Adam and Eve were given a test command. Don't eat of that tree. Then your free will is loosed. To see which way you'll go. God knows. But it can be a test command, and frequently is. Don't do that. Do this. Don't eat that. Poison you. It's like training a child, you know, it's stuffing the dirt in its face, and you say, Have this. Because what you do is hand them something better, because at that age, they'll go straight for anything, won't they? When they're sort of A year 18 months old you can soon distract them with the good thing which stops them stuffing dirt and pebbles in god's correction is only ever to stop us poisoning ourselves god's correction is always to bring life otherwise you know what we'll do we'll eat of the tree of death all the time because that's our fallen nature it will gravitate towards that so now we have a look at the fruit of the spirit but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness or meekness or humility, whichever one you've got, and self-control. So here's your bookends, love and self-control. Those two hold the other ones in place. And against such there is no law. Ooh, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, you get to say no to yourself. Two wills at work, God's will and your will in you. There are two wills at work, says so in Philippians. God is at work in you both to will and to do. You align yourself with his will, you get the power to do what he asks you to do. You move in your own will, no power behind it at all and you keep trying and trying and trying and trying Because you're out of alignment. Signs of alignment are uh, tension, difficulty in sleeping, irritability, not getting on with anybody, uh, just generally feeling really down. You can feel that you are being spiritually oppressed and you probably are because you stepped out from undercover. So those are just some signs of non-alignment with God confusion don't know whether you're coming or going no clear no clear direction can't hear god that's out of alignment it's ever so simple to get back in alignment because he doesn't change so he's not going to move over to where you are you just line yourself up you ask him where it is you're out of alignment he shows you you get in under hunky dory off we go And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let's also walk in the spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So when we live in the spirit, we're going to walk in it. Walking day by day, moment by moment. You've got a choice and you're walking in the spirit, not in and out. It takes some time. It takes some discipline. I don't know the root word, um, from which disciple comes is discipline but it sounds if it might be doesn't it because the, the d word is something we don't like you know i don't want to fast actually i'd like to stuff my face with all sorts of things i really would enjoy that in fact i had a, had a chocolate finger binge on monday night and sarah said i never see you eating anything like that because <laughs> most of the time i don't I found out how addictive chocolate is I mean one was not enough neither was two and I won't tell you I don't even know how many I had but that's the end of that not having any more of those see I've got to rule this thing got to rule my bodily appetites I've got to rule it or it will rule me and that's just misery when you look at things like homosexuality uh, there's an appetite there absolutely out of control That is what you're looking at, is gross, out-of-control appetite. So that when people come into Christianity and say, you know, uh, that God loves my lifestyle, no, he doesn't, because it says so here. Uncleanness, sexual immorality, doesn't like it it's not liking your lifestyle loves you but doesn't like your lifestyle so we have to um, more and more so we've got a will here so as we can choose and the only way that it's going to be profitable is if we choose for God and not for ourselves first go off I used to say to the Lord will you give me 10 second countdown so that I've got a chance to choose And that worked ever so well Um, because I'd be like in a situation at work where I was going to just about lose my rag and he'd give me this 10 seconds and I could make that choice to trip out of my usual cycle of going in the particular way, whichever way it was I went. Uh, Anybody who's been really rejected will find they've got behaviour cycles that are very difficult to break. But you've got to choose. So you ask the Lord that when you come... You perceive something that the moment before you go into your behavior, you choose not to go there. I'm not going there. And you're tripped out of the cycle and that will break it. You'll have to do it time and again and one day you'll find I'm not going there. But it's a discipline. It's a renewal of the mind. Nobody tells us when we start on the Christian walk that God is about to completely transform the way we think. What Floyd McClung says It's possible to have a Christian heart or something like that, but a Babylonian mindset. In oth- other words, in, uh, only part of you is being converted. The whole of your Christian walk is about being converted, which means being turned round. The initial conversion is just the initial conversion, you know, that's all there is to that. So, self control is a fruit of the Spirit that we are to develop and choose to operate in. And this is where most Christians fall over. They say, Oh, God, help me to do this. I want, you know, oh, oh, can I have hands laid on me? And they think if you pray for them, that will do it. There's a lot of that in the church at the moment. honey prayer. No, you don't. You need to make some decent choices. Um, it's very interesting the word that June brought for me this morning because one of the prophetic words that Chris Wren gave me was that I would virtually stop, cut the cackle, and be laser sharp in coming in to where where things were happening. And I've been frightening myself over the last couple of days people have rung me I've seen instantly where they're at and what they want and I've come straight in like a razor blade and I have thought am I doing the right thing here you know because the decision has been no I want to come and stay with you for several days I need some things that I need counsel and I did ah can you tell me a bit about what it is already sneakily having got the background from somebody else who has referred the person uh, and so she told me what her problem was are you working girl no I'm waiting for my whatever you have to get from the home office to work or whatever work permit Uh, now I happen to know that this particular person is embarking on a marriage to someone because simply because she wants to stay in this country so i just began to tell her about the love of god for her didn't want to hear about that so i said i can't see you till september i'm afraid oh well it was like okay forget it then and i thought i know what this is it's i want it now I want an instant solution i shall on a mobile phone i find it quite offensive when someone i've never met phones me up they're in the middle of traffic or something i can't hear what they're saying and they're on a mobile phone and they're wanting me to give them time and and i'm thinking excuse me could you just get yourself somewhere quiet i don't know if it's just me and whether it's the right way to feel you you want to come and meet with god but you can't stop long enough To just take some time quietly to make a phone call and hear what the person's saying. You can't hear what, you can't have a conversation when you're going along, you're doing two things at once. It's the society, you see, the push of the enemy is rush, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. Gotta get there, gotta do it. Da 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 da. There's no eternal value in it. And if we get ourselves caught up in this, you know, we're going to get into big trouble, really. I think it was you, wasn't it, Gina, that brought that thing that's, that, that actually spoke to Joyce about the things, about priorities. You remember you'd bright line some of... Oh, yeah. yeah. Highlighted, highlighted it. it. Um, that The things that seem essential yeah. are not. Yeah, that yeah. the Tyranny of the Urgent. No more Tyranny of the Urgent that's it, that's it, no more tyranny of the urgent, so we're living in a a time when everything is urgent, but nothing has any eternal value, and one of the things I wanted to say this morning was, that in the morning, or whenever it is you have your quiet time, and the morning is the best time if you possibly can, before you do anything, soak, 10 minutes, quarter of an hour, put a CD on, or if you can if you if you can if you can be quiet enough just be still for 10 minutes don't launch straight into your bible study or whatever that's your mind getting all occupied stillness is is internal getting control of this thing here no i'm not having that thought or as i said to you if, if you find things coming into your mind when you're trying to meditate and be quiet write it down because you can do it later because we all have things that are pressing but when God gets a grip on you you'll find out what is urgent and what isn't because the things you thought were urgent aren't and he will if you will give it to him in the morning he will prioritize for you commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established do it every morning when I remember because in that way I will do what he wants me to do. I may appear to be inactive to other people. Sat out there sewing last night. Got loads of stuff to do, and I'm sitting there and making little bags for little marbles to weight the curtains down. Until we found there was another way of doing it. But I was so pleased with my little bags with my four marbles in them that I'm going to make some more. <laughs> I just felt go and do a bit of sewing i thought sewing i'm like a cow with a musket don't say that negative statement my mother used to say that that was like a cow with a musket have you ever seen a cow with a musket i'd like to know that but never mind uh one of the family sayings anyway joyce comes out and said uh, i don't suppose you think it's because it was thundering and lightning last night wasn't it do you think we could put these curtains out i thought that, uh, she said you don't need to move i'm sat there i thought i bet I do because I bet I shall be draped with curtains in a minute if I don't move. And then all of a sudden there's a clatter. Oh dear, you do need a move. I Because we wanted to put the extra ones in, which we've done now, and it, looked, it looks absolutely gorgeous, I think. It's absolutely brilliant. Anyway, there we are. So God had got me still, even though I've got masses of stuff I need, need to be doing. Because I'm confident. That when it comes to time for me to do something, I will have taken in enough for him to be able to give me what he wants to say. Because there's no longer two life to be lived as far as I'm concerned. It's his, through me. That is my goal. That I really decrease. So, if you ever heard that old hymn, that the day would ever be when I would say, some of thee and all of me and it comes to the end and it's all of thee and none of me and I softly whispered more of thee and none of me it's it's one of the old Baptist hymns I would recommend too when you're having your devotional time in the morning you get yourself an old hymn book because um, there's nothing wrong with the stuff that's coming out at the moment but the old ones pointed towards him they were glorifying God not praising him for what he's done for us if you see what i mean they were focused on him that's why people like tozer andrew murray uh these old writers are really and they're not really old they're just last century Uh, when you get into people like anselm who i can't i can only understand it if someone digests it for me and spews it out in words that i can understand and Faber any any hymns by Frederick Faber he says oh to gaze and gaze upon Thee." what was going on in his heart he just wanted to gaze on God and I know that Tozer, I'm right off never mind Tozer. out of the abundance of the heart you see the mouth will speak won't it what's on your heart will come out of your mouth tozer uh, did a book i know i haven't got it called the set of the sail and it was about the where your direction is uh and you know and who you're looking at where does your heart go when it's at rest where do your thoughts come to rest when they're at rest what's the first thought you have in the morning that will show you where you your your life spring is your well spring most often recently i'm waking up with one of ruth ruth uh new ones can't for the life of me think of it now but it's one of hers uh about the lord um i like that i do not like to wake up and the first thought that clunks into my mind is the last thought that i had the night before if you know what i mean but god has a tendency with me to bring to my attention first thing in the morning when I'm having my quiet time anything that was unresolved from yesterday so that I can pray it through um, and I, I do do a little review when I go to bed at night time not for long just to say father you know okay how could I could, could have done it differently today um, and he'll show me if there's things there's areas where I could have actually done things said things differently and as I said before right early on he is a communicator he has revealed himself to mankind from day one walked in the garden with Adam and Eve it's his desire is to have us as a people for himself we don't half lose that you know his desire is to have us as a people for himself that is why we've been created we were created for his pleasure. And in the la- one of the latest things of Graham's is that God says, it's my turn. I'm indulging myself. I'm indulging myself with you. And I, I can't get my mind around that. But he wants to indulge himself by bestowing favour on us. Because it pleases him. To bestow favor, and half the time I think we walk round like sulky kids, you know. Why can't I have that? Why can't the weather be fine when I'm having this? And no, me, 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 and we live at such a low level. But the Scripture tells us that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality and power, might and dominion that can be named. We're up there. So we like put our feet in two places at once. We're earthly, but we're heavenly. But often we are earthbound. Instead of being eagles, we're earthbound. And we've got to get our sights higher and soar where God wants us to. It's not living a life that is um, so airy-fairy. You know, It used to be a saying, didn't it? So heavenly-minded they are no earthly good used to be a favourite of uh, someone I knew years ago Um, but the fact is that if you're not heavenly minded enough you are no earthly good because everything comes from the father of lights it comes down from him to the earthly through the earthly to bless other people so if we're not heavenly minded enough all we're moving in is the natural have a look at James sometime the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure peaceable easy to be entreated without partiality full of good fruit but the wisdom that comes from below ends up being demonic so when you are giving anybody wisdom make sure where the source is spend a little bit of time in James so James will make you see about self-control so self-control is a fruit of the spirit that we're to develop and choose to operate in and it gives us self-control so we can discipline ourselves don't like it any more than you do unless we discipline ourselves we will never have the things that we desire so self-control helps us make ourselves do what we should do so we can have what we say we want and be all we can be and when I say we can have the things we desire if you look I think it's the Psalm 37 it talks about desire and this is so often quoted by see a, a Text out of context is a pretext, as we're wanting to say. Psalm 37. Oh, verse 4 lovely. He will give you the desires of your heart. But the whole verse says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Why will He give them to you? Because they're His. I'm always praying, Father, place your desires in my heart. Because otherwise I will just desire what the world wants. I'll live my life just going after wood, I and stubble. But his desires will be placed in my heart, then he will give it to me. It's just exactly as the same as Jesus said, you will ask what you will and it will be given to you. Now that's another one. That people take out of c- Oh, we can ask what we will and it will be given to us. Yes. Commit your way. Yeah. That's it. And the one before it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. But somewhere Jesus says, doesn't he, in John, uh, you will ask what you want and it will be given to you only when you're abiding in the vine it's a conditional promise so many christians are disappointed in god i've had a lady say to me he's a disappointment now i said to her he's not a disappointment yes he is no 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 dear you had a wrong expectation so you have been disappointed so she's gone away that's the end of that he is a disappointment no I think this particular person have made some very bad um, choices and was having to live with them. And because God didn't extricate her from these things, he's a disappointment. But you made the choices. Somebody said to me the other day, you know, about, uh, what about when you've made choices before you became a Christian? Well, there are times when we have to live with it. Because, and we were talking about was it the law of sowing and reaping? and I thought at first that it was and then I said no I don't think it can be it's just a consequence of the choices that we made before we were Christians, they will work themselves out Um, it's just a consequence so self control just simply put is the art of controlling oneself and it is as I've said before virtually impossible to show forth the other eight fruit of the spirit, unless we are exercising the fruit of self-control. Number of times I've heard people early on in the Pentecostal movement. I've got, I've got uh, love licked. I'm, uh, I'm trying to uh, get top topsides of joy now, and I'm thinking, I wonder what I've got. Victory. That was the favorite. That was the favorite one. I've got victory in this, and I'm thinking. What are you talking about? Have you ever known? You just open your ears a bit to what people say. The little clichés that they come out with and you think, what do they mean? And of course, if you ask them what they mean, they're completely flawed because it's, a, it's just jargon that we talk, you know, so much of it. So how can we be kind to someone when we don't feel good about ourselves unless we're exercising self-control? How can we remain peaceful in trials unless we exercise self-control? Here comes mine. How can we exercise patience when we're frustrated unless we exercise self-control? I remember now when God was growing the fruit of long-suffering in me love suffers long Uh, and the same situation would come up time and time and time again say the same things each time come back again same problem each time (laughs) long suffering love suffers long It's completely the reverse of the way that the world looks at things. It's like there has been an issue over the last 24 hours about something where I felt uh, that an apology needed to be made. Um, Because I would take the the root of humility and the fruit of the spirit, Uh, the world would say, stuff that, no need to apologise, blow it kingdom principle is that you actually I think it's in Peter be worth looking at it what good is it if you suffer for, for, for doing the wrong thing but if you suffer for doing the right thing blessed are you he says not sure if it's in one or two is it Can you? oh here we are I'm there it's in uh, thank you father 1 Peter 2 Uh, in verse 11, I'll start from. I beg you, as sojourners, which is travelers, visitors, and pilgrims, abstain from all fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every institution or ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors and they were under awful government I mean Peter himself was put to death by them, wasn't he as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers for the praise of those who do good for this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using your liberty as a cloak for vice but as servants of God, honour all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honour the king. Honour and respect are two things that have totally dropped out of our society. And so, therefore, you will find that not even, I think I'll probably do some stuff on it, that not even Christians honour people. So, when you're taking the blame for something or taking a line of least resistance where there is a. a um, a dispute you are honoring Uh, servants be submissive to your masters with all fear not only to the good and gentle but also to the harsh for this is commendable if because of conscience towards god one endures grief suffering wrongfully for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently but when you do good and suffer for it if you take it patiently this is commendable before God here's a verse you wish wasn't there for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps verse 23 when he was reviled he did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously totally the opposite of our flesh and that's what the fruit of the spirit is all about when you've got a desire to retaliate or operate in a certain way uh, ask the Lord am I in the flesh of the spirit here and that's how you can find out whether you're actually walking in the spirit or not walking in the spirit isn't going around like you're on a puff of cloud and playing a harp walking in the spirit is will cause you to have heart searchings and wrestlings as you bring the word of God into a situation that's why June brought that word for me this morning which was so lovely God's so kind because I wrestle I don't speak lightly to anyone I wrestle before God about what the righteous judgment is to bring in any given situation that's why you'll often hear me say, if, I, if you find I'm wrong, I shall be absolutely delighted because I have to bring a word that brings the righteousness of God into the situation. And that was the word I started with this morning. I had my righteousness glasses on. Have you ever noticed you read the word and suddenly there's a word jumping out from every page that you never noticed was in there before? Well, I had righteousness glasses on this morning. All I could see was righteousness everywhere what made me go into Romans I started off looking at something and I thought oh wait a minute and I'm in Romans then for the righteousness of God you know and I'm thinking oh wait a minute righteousness perhaps we're going to talk about righteousness but it wasn't it was self-control but righteousness uh, will involve three words that I lived with and still live with honesty integrity and transparency we need to be totally scrupulously honest, totally scrupulously integrous, and totally transparent. It's not to our nature. We like to hide things. And that those three, I called it hit, because I lived when God was dealing in these three areas. And I spoke to my then pastor. I watched him flinch. And subsequently, of course, things came to light that broke the church up. So is me innocently telling him about honesty, integrity and transparency giving him a pink fit? Right, okay. So just for the last one is how can we exercise humility when we're corrected unless we operate in self-control? And the word says doesn't it humble yourselves before god there for that he might exalt you in due time humbling ourselves is something we need to do before god constantly just father i just humble myself before you It's recognizing who he is i said to him the other day and i will finish with this father it's all about fatherhood and love and all that i said but the message i'm feeling is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit it's right living it's clean living it's i said which is what you know have i got it wrong here which is it he said all it's all true so if you overweight on the love of god you'll have sloppy living liberty don't use your liberty as an occasion for sin old-fashioned word as I said to someone on the phone the other day it was your mother-in-law I think she phoned up for a na na and got I mean I just had to tell her like it was it's given to men once to die and then the judgment I had to tell her like it was I thought I don't get another chance at this one and the scriptures were coming out of my mouth one after the other I thought it's the word that will convict she probably won't be able to get her mind that, that out of her mind. It's given to man once to die and then the judgment. Bless her heart. Uh, we had a good talk. Anyway, that's the end of that. So how can we exercise humility when we're corrected unless we operate in self-control? Amen. End of message.